most complex piece of code. It could be the simplest, you know, five lines worth of code, but the, the effect it has and the outcome can be exactly the same. Welcome to another episode of Blank Radio. We are here to dive deep into the minds of NFT icons and artists. So you were talking about the project, what you wanted to accomplish uh, with this collection in Blank. So the original, uh, what I'm working on now, the original idea has kind of stemmed back to around the start of the year, seeing some of uh, William Mapan's original whips for Anticyclone. At, at the time, I was... Like I only started coding at pretty much just over a year to the day as we record this now. Um, so in January, February, when those whips were coming out, I was maybe two or three months in, still super green. I'm still super green now, but you know, I was very early to the whole thing. And just seeing that work at the time, it just floored me. And I was like, ah, yeah, I want to like that. I want to make something like that. Um uh, so the uh, early on in the, learning how to do all this, uh, that kind of warped noise, kind of warpy shapes, kind of trippy, kind of painterly, yeah, uh, the technique that they uh, would call it could be like noise warping. Um, that really just set me off. So that's something I've been trying to kind of tackle and kind of wrap my head around and just kind of, yeah, explore the uh, in my journey since learning to code, I guess. Um, so in the, in the last couple of months, learning more and kind of figuring some more things out, I started to be able to piece some of the elements together that I, I have no idea how William Mapan made his code, but whatever brutish way I've been able to kind of put some things together, uh, I felt that I've been able to kind of make my own version of that in a way. Um, and then with Anticyclone, that's very... It is just kind of set out in like a very, uh, all, all the squares the same size. It's a very, uh, what's the word, regular kind of grid shape. Uh, one thing I was very curious to explore was how can I kind of break up that, how can I break up the canvas? How can I break up the piece in a different way? Uh, not yeah, maybe grid orientated, but uh, not as uh, regular. I'm just looking through uh, this collection as well. You know, at first glance, uh, it's quite, uh, it, it seems to me it's like being quite straightforward, you know, uh, the kind of, uh, the kind of breakdown is into this, uh, uh, three by threes, four by fours and, uh, and continuous, uh, like that. But, you know, the, the more in depth you go into this collection is like some of the, some of the really uh, dense pieces, uh, they, they look pixelated, you know, uh, you can make out some shapes and some kind of, uh, faces if you really put your like if you really look at it for a really long time it's like it's like uh it's like some parts are darker some parts are uh are like lighter that that really makes out different kind of shapes for example cyclone uh anti-cyclone number 49 but then when you go look at uh the other pieces like anti-cyclone 67 what or things like this it's like they have instead of breaking down to nine different pieces uh it's one it's one piece looking really into this collection is the the color contrast uh the kind of the background the kind of texture that he used is very um it's very historical it, it it's like uh it's like something that was drawn maybe a couple hundred years ago you know 
Yeah. Ah, he's so good. <laughs> no wonder he's a leading uh, artist in the space. <laughs> some of the some of those recent one of one and like one of ten editions he's done. Are, oh man, so beautiful! Like how they just imitate paint and such. So good. Yeah, and uh, I was uh, I was actually talking with another artist, and I think it's it's quite like applicable to this scenario. How do you kind of? Uh, use simple code or like uh, or like complex code to come up with a really aesthetic piece of art because in my opinion uh, you know I'm not a coder I don't code uh, artworks but looking at them is like very easy and simple codes can create uh, very aesthetic pieces and when that is created you know uh, I don't care personally about the code that's behind it i i care uh, a lot about what's put in front of me and what the artwork it uh, it is that i'm buying mm. uh, that's a like one example with the the fx hash realm is i've not had a, the great a great deal of funds to invest in generative art on uh, eth in the past uh, too much uh, but the you know you can have some pieces that might be on that site that are like worth one tez, which at the time might be like two dollars, and yet this two dollar piece of art is this thing that moves and animates and fractalizes, and uh, it's just so astounding. <laughs> like, yeah, that kind of like even like a two dollar piece of art can make you can can move you, and and can inspire you and trip you out and you know, be something that you've never seen before. Mm. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at some of the uh the new pieces that uh, you talked about uh by William. And yeah, they they are fantastic. Uh, the the one on November 5th, red on the white background. It's just visually pleasing. Like I can look at it. I would like to have it, you know. And it's just so cool the the texture that he uses, like acrylic paint or oil paint on a canvas kind of kind of structure. And it's in, it's been fun with generative art to see how, like, seeing some of the back end on how it can work. Is that yeah? It could be the most complex piece of code. It could be the simplest, you know, five lines worth of code. But the the effect it has and the outcome can be exactly the same. <laughs> Uh, like uh, recent, recently there was some a work I'd seen of an artist and they'd had this texture on the piece that looks spitting image to like a kind of rippled canvas, like a paint, you know, just a, a canvas that people paint on, but it had the exact same kind of image of that ripple texture. And then the artist happened to also then share like a zoomed in portion of the picture and talked, you know, hey, this is the canvas texture I'm working on. And you know, zoomed out, looking at the piece as a whole, it looks like a almost real life picture of paint on canvas. But then you zoom up, and you've zoomed in so far, it's just a couple of little pixelated little bars and squares, orientated in a little grid formation, in such a way that when you then zoom out, they just kind of mush together, and it looks like real canvas. What the hell? <laughs> It's like op optical illusion or this just a trick for the brain, you know. 
generative artists are just magicians just playing with our minds <laughs> yeah and uh, our, our CTO have been uh, teaching uh, kind of generative art not generative art on on kind of NFTs and uh, and crypto but more like how to code how to get into the space uh, with p5.js uh, I don't know if you know these uh, the the YouTuber called um, guy called the coding train. Ah, a legend. A legend, yeah, a legend in this space. So, so uh, Zeppi, our CTO, used to work uh, on these uh, tutorials that he put out on on Twitter. Uh, sorry, on, on YouTube. So he was basically teaching me about about P5JS and its possibilities as well a couple of weeks ago. And he was, uh, he never really messed around too much with P5.js because we always uh, had too much, uh, too much to do while building Blank Studio, building our educational portal, uh, you know, but when he started playing around with it, he was like, oh, mate, I'm going to spend like one day. I will not be free to answer any calls. I need to play around with this. It's it's highly addictive. If you really know how to use JavaScript and codes, coding that puts out a piece of artwork that is directly from your brain. And he was fascinated um, by, by, by this uh, uh, like a couple of years ago, but then picked it back up uh, not long ago and sent me some of the outputs, some one-for-ones that he did. And uh, bro, you know, uh, it's, it's crazy that it's like riding a bike uh, with, with coding as well. And uh, it's absolutely beautiful. The things I collected on uh, FX hash are, are magnificent. And all the artists that I follow or, or got to know, uh, like yourself, uh, you know, the, the art have been just like mind, mind blowing to me. On that point of like your friend who, you know, previous JavaScript and then decided to give the art kind of angle a try. Uh, one of my old housemates uh, is a machine learning engineer. So, you know, Python dev, backend stuff, like, you know, currently works for a machine learning AI tech company. Um, and for years he was always like, come on, you know, do an IT course. Come on, learn to code, you know, come and, you know, you know, after work he'd sit down and talk Python at me. And I knew nothing. I had zero experience in code, but I'd be sitting there listening to his stories, you know. Everything just going over the top of my head, you know, not really understanding any, any of the jargon he's speaking at me. Uh, and then I started picking this up and, you know, walk into his room. Hey, I've got this, you know, I learned how to make a function of this thing in JavaScript and his eyes just lighting up like, yeah, <laughs> you've joined the dark side. Yes, come and learn how to program and learn how to code. Let's go. Um, but then at the same time, because he was, his head was just stuck in like databases and, you know, you know, running data and stuff with the work he has to do. Uh, he never, he, he never got to visualize anything that he was working on. So then I, Hey, can you come check this out? I'm working on this thing. I'm, you know, I'm trying to like color a square blue or something at the time, early days. And him looking at, you know, the P5 web editor and like, what do you mean you can color this square blue and it'll appear on the screen. And what? like the idea of, using code to create art was such a foreign concept to him that he, he like he'd been he's been coding he's got an IT degree he's been programming for years and it was just too foreign for him uh, but then at the same time like a week or two later he decided to take some of the data he'd been working on for a project at work he just had like a 
a big, a big latent space of just, I don't know, just thousands of numbers. But he just he figured out how to still in Python, you know, he had to draw a graph for work just so he could see the, you know, the outlay of all the, you know, the data of what they were working on. He figured out he could add colors to it. So he added a little color gradient to the data from his work. And all of a sudden he had this fucking sick, <laughs> really cool piece of art that was just like a visualization of the data he was working on. Just, oh, you know, give this one red, this one blue. And without even kind of thinking about it, he'd like fully made like some generative art based off the fact that he had already known how to code and put a couple of things here, put a couple of things there. Oh shit, look at that. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, I was talking with <clears throat> some of the quantitative analysts uh, from uh, from my old hedge fund, and because uh, uh, they they use Python to do data analytics, and I was telling them that uh, basically basically we used to go out for drinks a lot and talk up uh, talk absolutely bonkers with them just around random shit, mainly on the financial market, but but you know we still stay stayed very close contact and i was telling them dude you know python tried to play around with this and they they just get uh, hooked and addicted to it you know they're not artists uh, they don't know what what's good and what's bad but uh when, when they start using their kind of knowledge in the coding uh in the coding field and apply them in p5js or in three uh the outputs that uh, as long as you have a solid foundation and the outputs that you can generate it's uh, it's art. Uh, it, it it doesn't matter how it looks. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, what codes you use. At the end of the day, when you when you push something out with the code that you wrote uh, in these databases, it's just uh, to me is art. At the end of the day, something that I've kind of felt in my little journey is because I kind of started tinkering around with this with zero kind of coding experience. Um, it's been quite a juggle kind of thinking conceptually from an art perspective, yet at the same time, it's kind of wrapped in this head banging against the wall struggle of learning what JavaScript is and how to code. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's turned it all into such a, such a journey because it's, yeah, multiple, a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah. So, so one of the hardest thing I think uh, as an artist or, or trying to trying to become an artist uh, is the idea, right? Uh, how hard did you find like uh, coming up with the idea and actually visualizing it with code in your past experiences? Uh, super hard at first, and it can still be hard, like day to day. I'm only I'm only a year in. There's going to be plenty of ideas and or concepts that'll be still out of reach, but uh, some things are definitely getting easier. Uh, and it all kind of compounds. You might learn one thing of, oh, I can draw a circle this way. And then the next idea, oh, I really want to draw a square in a particular way. Oh, hang on. Last time when I drew that circle in that kind of obscure way, what if I try that? But you know, if I put a couple of different things in a different spot, I'll have a square and it's like little bits of problem solving that kind of unravel over time. Uh, but 
yeah, it can be still be super hard to actually translate an idea into an actual visual. It's a, it's just such a way out to try and think, not. It's like I want to draw a circle on a page. You know, drawing with our hand might come so naturally. It's, yeah, it's such a way out to then have to try and think about it in this whole different realm. You can't just take your hand and draw a circle. You've got to think about this invisible computer hand that knows nothing. <laughs> it knows nothing, and you have to try and. Tell it what a circle is. Ah, trippy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so getting a little bit uh, away from like the the market as a whole. Oh, this is more towards uh, towards the next collection. Uh, you said you want to kind of embrace the idea that uh, that William Pine have um, put out with uh, anti anti cyclone. Uh, w- what really? Uh, what is like? the particular uh, idea or concept uh, other than IT Cyclone that you saw with the, with the squares and the, the division of the canvas, uh, what kind of textures, what kind of uh, uh, information you want to convey in this, uh, in this particular piece? Currently, I'm on a bit of a thought of kind of, uh, destruction in a sense. In a, in a destruction in a positive sense. Um, uh, recently working on the piece, uh, I've been able to kind of, I, I, like working on this whip for this uh, for the blank release, uh, one of the kind of issues I had, oops, sorry, I got a cough. <coughs> um, one of the issues I'd had was the performance of the code. So, you know, I'd, push run and it would be a blank screen for 15 to 30 seconds before the image would appear. Sometimes longer, depending on some of the variables. Ultimately, ultimately it wouldn't matter, but it might not be the best experience for the viewer to have to watch a blank screen for the first 30 seconds of their NFT, of their art piece. Um, So in the last week, I've kind of rebuilt the project so that it, Draw, it kind of draws and animates over time and, and assembles itself. So you might still have to still have to wait 30 seconds for it to be a completed piece, but at least you can now watch along on the journey of it uh, getting drawn. Um, and at the end, once the whole kind of piece gets drawn, the last command is for it to fracture and split into the kind of grid kind of destruction per se. And a couple of times I've been, you know, watching it draw and it's drawing quite a nice, you know, to me, it's a beautiful piece of that kind of warped kind of shaped uh, art. And all of a sudden at the last second, I don't really anticipate it. All of a sudden it breaks and it fractures and it's destroyed. And a couple of times I've actually kind of felt a bit sad (laughs) that what, what I had been looking at is I, I'll never see again because it's been destroyed. Um, and that concept has kind of kind of uh, really, I don't know, there's something fun in that. Um, with a bit more learning, I'm, I'm curious about maybe trying to add a key command that it would still draw to animate and then get destroyed into these kind of grid shapes. But maybe if you push a certain button, it'll redraw and that doesn't happen. 
Mm, yeah, because I, I I was looking at uh, some of the uh, some of the William Penn, some of the other pieces that kind of uh, evolve around this kind of destructive behavior. A lot of them uh, doesn't have this buildup, like William Penn's uh, anticyclone doesn't have a buildup. It's just it, it just suddenly comes up. You know, um, I personally I personally love the rendering. <clears throat> I, I love watching the rendering uh, on how it's built and how it changes over time. I think there's one piece uh, that's called 720 Minutes by Artblocks. Um, that, piece, that piece to me is, is phenomenal because uh, any other time of the day, I think the piece uh, stays like that and uh, it will have a different kind of output on that particular minute in a day. And that piece will go berserk on that minute. Yeah, you have to find that exact minute that you want to look. You can technically change your computer's uh, time zone and time uh, in order to uh, in order to see it. But it's a really cool concept uh, to me that uh, that piece is changing as the time changes, uh, which at the time I think is a very innovative idea. Yeah, I think we'll definitely see like it does happen there's lots of projects that already do involve it uh the idea of time but the idea that idea of time on, on on the blockchain and the pieces of art will, def will definitely be a bigger theme i feel in the, in the coming little while uh like we've seen it with those pieces on like takata on fx hash or 700 720 minutes if you, as you just said that uh really rely on time and the blockchain and that record the history per se of the piece. Uh, yeah, for viewing. We'll see a lot more of it. Yeah. So for this, uh, for, for the work you're doing for Blank Studio, uh, when do you think the viewers, uh, sorry, the collectors on the community will be able to see uh, some of the render? Oh, I just saw the uh, the render that you sent me. I'm going to have a look. Oh, so it goes top to down. Amazing. I can't remember if this video fractures at the end, but it's at least an idea of what the animation looks like at the moment. Yeah, it does fracture at the end. Yeah, so so I, I see what you mean. Like it, it looks super like super structured in a way that when it gets disrupted, the pieces fly around and it, it kind of creates a uh, the, exactly what you wanted, right? The the chaotic and the disruptive kind of uh, look at at the end. But yeah, uh, this is definitely a w work in progress. But when do you think? Uh, when do you think the the community will be able to see a first kind of a sneak peek around Ooh. this? Uh, I'd like to say soon. What is it? Mid November, uh, maybe early December. Give me a couple of weeks. I, I, uh, this animation element that I've worked on the last few days, I feel this is a big step in the right direction. Um, one other element that I've been struggling with is like drawing the art itself. Like, you know, people can use squares or triangles or, you know, things like that. And um, one of the traditional ways I've been trying to make this type of warped noisy kind of shapes were with just like little dots. Um, so just, you know, place a dot here, place a dot there. Um, 
So part of the rendering time was I was trying to place one dot per pixel for the entire piece. Um, you know, so by 2000 by 2000 piece, 2000 by 2000 pixels needs to be drawn in every single spot. Um, it's, it's, it's looking back on it, it's a very simple thing I feel, but uh, what if I don't particularly have to draw a dot on every single pixel? What if I draw a line going a particular direction every third or fourth pixel? Or, a, you know, a square or a circle every fifth pixel, you know, little uh, little shifts like that have been able to open some doors on performance, not only on a performance level, because it's maybe drawing less than it needs to, um, but also like in that output uh, that you've just seen, uh, the texture is made up of little circles or squares, which currently might not be how it's going to finish up, um, but I feel that's definitely a different texture than some of the whips you'd seen maybe two weeks ago, uh, which were definitely more pixelated and a bit more brutish. Um, but then that was then from the previous method I'd been trying to make them with. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to help us out, please leave a five-star review.